Hey, it's Pastor Kevin here. So we'll say thanks so much for stopping by to listen to our messages online. Hopefully that this series will encourage you and inspire you to take next steps in your faith journey. We're actually in a series this month called Not Today, Satan. We're kicking off 2019 and we're believing that God wants to do great things in your life in 2019 and beyond. But let's be honest, we have an enemy of our souls and his name is Satan. And so he will tempt us and he will try to to use different things in our life to trip us up, to make sure that we don't accomplish the good plan our Heavenly Father has for us. And so this series this month is designed to help you and help me to be able to understand those tricks that the enemy of our souls wants to play in our life. And the goal for this message is when you're tempted, when those things come in your path, for you to pause and actually say, not today, Satan. So I pray that this message series will actually inspire you to take next steps in your faith journey. And the next step I'm hoping you'll take is when things come your way, say it with me. You can say, not today, Satan. That's right. Hope you enjoy today's message. Today, we're actually kicking off a brand new series called Not Today, Satan. As you can see, we're decked out, got the shirt here for you, and we are pumped about this series. We're going to be looking at in this series, how does the enemy of our souls tempt us in many different ways. We're going to look at um, how the enemy wants to institute his plans in our life. I want you to realize something. In your life, God has a plan for you. And you all shake your head and say, yes, you believe that. If you don't believe that, I want you to know God has a plan for your life. Other people have plans for your life too, <laughs> right? Somebody else, if people call you, they want you to go do stuff. There's always scheduling. They have a plan for your life. You have a plan for 2019, hopefully. But I want to tell you something that we often forget as we sit on the precipice of this new year. The enemy of our souls has a plan for us too. It's a plan to kill, steal, and destroy, to destroy our marriages, to ravage us in addiction, to put us strapped into debt. He wants us to not have the joy that Jesus promises. He wants us to not have the abundant life that Jesus promises. And we've got to be aware of that. So we're going to look at over the next four weeks are different areas. The enemy of our souls comes against us and how we can actually take action against him. And so today, if you have your copy of God's word, go ahead and turn to Matthew 4 verse 1. That's Matthew 4 verse 1. You know, as I was preparing for this message, it actually happened to me. I wrote this message, you know, a a few months ago, as I usually do. And I pull it out and pray and go through it and change things and see how the Holy Spirit's leading. And uh, the opener that I had and I still have, it actually came true. So Friday, I am with my son, and my wife is in Iceland, and she's visiting that really cold, icy place. And um, I'm there with my son. He's three and a half years old. I'll be almost four years before in February. And so if you don't know something about toddlers, maybe you've forgotten. Many of you have forgotten what it's like, because you'll say, you'll say statements like, yeah, just bring them out to eat at night. It's like you have no clue. You, didn't, you never had toddlers, or you have forgotten. But, but in the mornings, it's really key for a toddler, right? This is key, because how they start the day is how the day is going to be. Amen. And he got up and he didn't want to do anything I asked him to do. He was just crying and arguing and fighting. And I said, hey, 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 stop it. I said, we're going to stop this before it even starts, boy. He wants to be called boy, by the way, not man or dude. So that's why I say, boy, I said, boy, this is what we're going to do. I said, you're going to straighten that attitude up because you could have a choice to have a good day or you can have the choice to have a bad day. But at the end of the day, it's your choice. And how you start this day right now will, will determine how you end this day. So I'm going to go into the other rooms because you're not going to yell and holler at me. 
And when you're ready, you come find me. And guess what? Not only did his attitude straighten up, but he had a great day by the end of the day. And when it comes to the enemy's lies and temptations and things like that, we have to take the same approach because we have an inner child inside of us. And in 2019, when it comes to the plans of the enemy in your life, we have to learn to stop it before it even starts. Matter of fact, in your notes, write this down. This is your big idea. We must stop it before it even starts. Because so many times we're in situations that we are in today because we haven't cut it off. We've allowed the plan of the enemy to go and go and go. You know, an addiction never starts as an addiction, does it? No. Right? It starts with flirting with it. It starts with just a little bit. And it snowballs and snowballs and snowballs. And what we have to do when it comes to Satan and his plans that he has for us, we have to stop it before it even starts. I want you to realize that many of you this year want to have a great 2019. I want you to have a great 2019. But it may not end that way for some of us. Some of you are ready for 19 because 18 didn't go well. Because you were struggling in certain areas that you refused to confront, you refused to deal with. Maybe for you, like me, it's food. Y'all, I love some food. But here's the thing. If we don't realize that the enemy's plans will sabotage God's plans, we'll end up always saying, man, I can't wait for a new year. Like with food, you'll, you, you'll go and you will literally eat yourself into a grave and wonder why you're in the hospital and want us to pray you out of it. Financially. It's so easy to get in debt. And why are you saying that? Because one of the number one struggles of any marriage is finances. Financial stress. When you talk to a couple who's struggling, it's financial stress. And the stress comes because we are so racked with credit card debt. We'll just put it on the, on the credit card. And we're paying interest on that. And it's racking us. Relationally. Singles in here. Let me tell you, the enemy has a plan for you. And he wants you to feel so lonely and not feel the presence of God that you'll, you will see every red flag in the book about that person, but you will continue anyway because you would rather have that person than have loneliness knowing they're not the one for you. Right? Or maybe you're tripping over something while you're serving in the cafe. I don't know what that is that is for you. But I want you to realize in your life that God has a plan for you and Satan has a plan for you. And you have to be aware of that. And when, when the enemy comes at you, you have to stop it before it even starts. Yesterday, man, I'm telling you, like I'm, I'm praying, I'm working on this message. I, I'm just digging into it. And I had two things come at me yesterday that were very difficult, very discouraging, and very tempting. And do you know what I literally said to it? Not today, Satan. I refuse to be discouraged. I refuse to have this mindset. I refuse to give in to your plan because I know my good father has a plan for me. I'm going to stop it before it even starts. And I had a great day. And I want you guys to understand that principle because that principle did not start with me. I didn't come up with this principle to stop it before it even starts. Matter of fact, uh, Matthew, one of Jesus' closest followers, he was a tax collector. He was hated by people. He, he ripped people off for a living. That's what he did. He actually records in his gospel whenever Jesus encounters Satan for the first time that we know in his ministry. Jesus had just got baptized in the Jordan. And the dove descended and God said, this is my beloved son who I'm well pleased. 
And then you see Jesus encounter Satan. And I want us to look at the principles here that happen between Jesus and Satan. And we've got to understand that Jesus had a plan to stop it before it even started. Now let's look at this in Matthew 4 verse 1. I'll read this to you from, from God's word here. It says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Sometimes you're wondering why God sends you in the wilderness. If you want to be used by God, God's going to test you to make sure you're approved. You ever see the thing that says FDA approved, tested and approved? You're wondering why God will send you through trials and testing because he's got to make sure that you can handle it. And so Jesus, to make sure he could handle this, it says he was tempted by the devil there. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and he became very hungry. No duh, right? If you don't eat for 40 days and 40 nights, you'll be hungry too. Another principle to understand is that the enemy will always tempt you in your most vulnerable moments. When you're most angry, you're most discouraged, you're most hurt, he will always capitalize on those. And so he came to Jesus when he was most vulnerable. And it says, during that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Would you look at the strategy he uses? Then the devil took him to the holy city of Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, if you are the son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you. He's using scripture there, right? And they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Satan knows how to use scripture against you as well. And Jesus responded, the scriptures also say... Number one biblical interpretation principle. Let me just give you this. Always interpret the Bible with the Bible. And that's what Jesus did. He says the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain. And showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He says I will give them all to you. If you will kneel down and worship me. In verse 10 Jesus says not today Satan. Well I mean, he didn't really say it that way. He said get out of here Satan. Get behind me, Satan, Jesus told him. For you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. See, I want you to realize that what Satan was doing, he had a plan for Jesus. Ultimately, the plan for Christ was to go to the cross, to die a criminal's death, to be beaten, to be put into a tomb and rise again on the third day to secure salvation for us. And Satan knew the plan for Messiah. So here's what he offered him. He said, you don't have to go to the cross. I can get you followers quickly. Get on that temple, stand up there, and if you jump off there, the angels will catch you. And you know what happened if he did that in all Jerusalem, guys? People would have just ran to him. You don't need it. It's just just, just an easier way than doing this. There's a quicker, more convenient way. See, Satan had a plan for Jesus. When he said, I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world, Jesus is like, my kingdom's not of this world, bruh. I didn't come to, to, to establish an earthly kingdom here. And Satan said, no, no, but I can give you an earthly kingdom with earthly power here. You don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to do this. You don't really have to fast and pray. Eat this bread, man. 
be convenient. Serve God conveniently. Do what's easy for you. That's what, that's what, what he wanted. And see, I want you to realize that he was tempted to have shortcuts, to give up the plan of God. And you and I will be tempted in the same way. It's not wrong to be tempted, but it's wrong once we start giving in to that temptation. For, for James, the half-brother Jesus wrote about sin and temptation. He said that when you have desire and then you are tempted with that desire, it gives in to sin. And when sin is full grown, it gives way to death. See, the plan the enemy has for us in 2019 and for you is death. Maybe not physical death, but death in your marriage. Death in your relationship with God. To feel like you're trapped in life financially. To feel like you have no purpose. The enemy has a plan for you. See, even in the Garden of Eden, God had a tree and a plan for humanity. And Satan showed up and said, hey, hey, no, 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 no. There's a better plan for you. There's a better plan. See, you will always be tempted in those ways. And you're wondering like, man, why is this guy talking about sin and temptation? That's so old school. Let me find a church that doesn't use the word sin. Can I just be honest with you? If there is no sin, we don't need a savior. The other day, there was a very popular celebrity asked about a certain sin. Well, I can't really say if that's sin. Let me tell you something. Jesus came to save us from our sins. He came to save us and deliver us and institute the good plan of our Heavenly Father. And here's why it's so critical today. If you check out of this man and you're thinking about lunch and food and what you're going to do after church, you could miss this and miss 2019 because the enemy wants you to choose his plan. He wants you to follow that plan. And God also has a plan for you. See, the enemy will give you an alternative route. You ever heard of those before? I remember back before there were like Apple Maps and all this stuff and, and Waze and those things. We actually had paper maps. That's not an app, so don't look it up. Um, maybe it is, but, but we had paper maps. And my wife and I were traveling to Florida, and we were going through Georgia. And there was just traffic backed up for miles. And, of course, we couldn't look at our phone, and it shows us it's a wreck or a hazard or whatever. And we didn't know what was going on. So as, as the man of the house, as the, as the head of the house, I had a decision to make. I pulled the map out, and I said, honey... I'm going to find us an alternative route. I can get us there quicker. I've got a plan. And so we drove an hour, got around the traffic. I mean, I'm just tracking. I'm looking. I'm like, yeah, we got this. Your boy got it. I was a young husband, gaining brownie points. And we got almost to the other side of that exit, and it said Fort Stewart Military Base. And we got there. It didn't say military base on that map. We got there. You know what happened? They said, I'm sorry, you can't come through here. Do you have military clearance? It's like, no, but my, my, my marriage is on the line here. You know, you've got to let me through this thing. He said, I'm sorry, we can't. And we had to backtrack all the way. It took us three hours out of the way. Alternative routes. Alternative routes. See, that's what Satan wants to do for you to make you think that this is so much easier and better. That's what sin is. Sin is that alternative route. You think, man, well, why sin? That's such a terrible term to use in church. That's what it is. See, God has designed us. He is our creator. He created institutions. He's created things that he wants us to flourish in them. Do you know God wants you to flourish? He has that desire for human flourishing. But sin has the exact 
opposite in there. And anytime we choose sin, we're saying, I don't want the human flourishing that God has for me, the blessings that God has for me, because it requires obedience. And I want you this year to say no to Satan's plan, to say no when you're tempted with those things, to say no and do the hard work of, of obedience and sacrifice in those old school terms you probably heard in the old church, because that's how you grab onto the plan of God for your life. And here's what I want for you. I want you to follow the plan of God. I don't care if you like me. I don't care if you like this message. At the end of the day, I want you in 2019 at the end to say, man, I fought the fight and I finished, I finished the, this, this race this year and I have done my best to say not today, Satan, and to grab onto the plan of God. And so here's what we've got to do. Here's our next step. Write this down. You've got to learn to fight temptation with the right strategy. You've got to learn to fight temptation with the right strategy. Many of us have terrible strategies against temptation. <laughs> Do you know whenever you're, you're studying historical wars, that it wasn't the, the superior infantry or superior weaponry that war, won wars? You know what won wars? The right strategy. And anytime you study history where there was a war that was lost, that country, that nation had the wrong strategy against the enemy that they were fighting. And many times we do the same thing. We have the wrong strategy against our enemy. And you're wondering why the cycle keeps on, why you keep continuing in the same things. Because maybe you're using the wrong strategy against the enemy. See, Jesus showed us a strategy. Jesus gives us insight into how to fight temptation to go to the alternative route. Jesus shows us that. And so if you're asking, well, how do I do it? Here's how you do it. You can write this down. You got to use spiritual weapons against spiritual enemies. Use spiritual weapons against spiritual enemies. You are not fighting your spouse. They are not the enemy. Satan is your enemy. Do you understand? You keep making that person the enemy and you're fighting the wrong enemy. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, Paul told the church in Ephesus. But we wrestle against principalities and power, powers and rulers in this dark age and, and in heavenly places. We are literally, there's a world that you don't see that makes more impact in the world that you do see. And wherever you see sin, you, you get to a place where it's ravaged with sin and just, just darkness. Man, that's where the enemy has a foothold at. And we as individuals have to learn to use spiritual weapons against spiritual enemies. I mean, do you even realize like that, like, like for me, and I was talking to a friend the other day about like, I, again, I love to eat and I'll overeat all the time. Sometimes I have to go to the gym and work extra just to keep up with it. I'm being honest. But do you know, I don't have a problem with food. You know, you know the problem I have? It's an emotional wound and I'm medicating a wound deep down inside and Satan will capitalize on that wound. The reason that I'll face discouragement sometimes is I don't feel good enough. It's a wound that happened when I was a kid and Satan sees it. And I'm not fighting not feeling good enough. There's an enemy that I'm fighting. Does that make sense to you? You're not fighting just the addiction, but there's a root to the addiction inside emotionally and the enemy spiritually is capitalizing on that. And if you're going to fight temptation, if you're going to have your best year yet, a year yet, if you're going to see yourself do things you've never done, you've got to use spiritual weapons against spiritual enemies. See, God will always show you how to escape a temptation. God will always do that. Matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 13, here's what Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. He says this here. He says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. So first of all, can I tell you something? If we turn the lights off in here, 
your halo is not going to glow, baby. Everybody in this church has issues. And here's the lie that Amy wants you to believe is that yours are so bad and it's so much worse than the people around you. And what Paul says here to the church in Corinth, who was a very messed up church, he leveled the playing field. He says, what you're facing, everybody faces. We all face this. We all fight this. And he says this here, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Now, see, some of you have taken that out of context. Remember, God will never give me more than I can handle. Well, no, actually, no, he'll give you a lot more than you can handle in life, so you will depend upon him, but he'll never give you more temptation than you can handle. And here's what else Paul says. He says, and when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Anytime you're tempted, God's going to show you the way out. And that word way out there, I love it in the Greek, is the word haras. You won't remember that. But it means a narrow mountain path that winds through a mountain to the other side. Meaning that it may be narrow, but God will always give you a way out of, it, of temptation. He will never allow you to be tempted with, without having a way out in your life. He, will, he is faithful to you in that. And I want you to, to realize that it says that God will show you a way out. Do you know many times that we're, again, we're not using spiritual weapons. I, I, I faced something, you know, a couple weeks ago. And I had a friend who is like Mr. Prayer Man. Like he prays, he literally prays an hour and a half, two hours like every day, right? Like that's just what he does. He loves it. Like it's hard for me to pray. Uh, I get distracted. Or, anybody face that? Right? Okay, good. I'm not alone in here. Good. Some of y'all need to join the prayer team because you didn't raise your hand. <laughs> sign them up in the back. Pastor Lee, sign them up. They didn't raise, they can pray an hour and a half, two hours a day. So, so anyway, but, but one thing he, he said to me, he said, you know, you're battling this thing that you're battling and you need God just to show you. You need God to reveal something to your heart. I don't know what it is, but you need God to show you. And, and, and he committed to pray for me. You know, some people, people said that we'll pray for you, and they don't. And some people, you know, actually do it. He did it. And I'm going to tell you something. God gave me insights while I was reading Scripture today. He showed me something yesterday I'd never seen in Scripture before. And it was a temptation that I had been dealing with. A temptation for alternative routes, alternative plans in my life. And when I saw that, it made perfect sense. I text him and said, thank you. So, see, God will show you if you want him to. He will give you a way out of that temptation if you want it. God will get, he will show you a way out of death. Financial Peace University, right? Shameless plug. God will show you a way out of the internet pornography addiction. God will show you a way out of the anger and the bitterness you have. God will show you that if you really want it. But we have to use spiritual weapons against spiritual enemies. So here are those weapons if you're wondering. If you can write these in your notes. What weapons will we use? And here's the first thing we're going to do. We're going to resist Satan. That sounds very just like, oh, duh. But many people just don't resist him. You just, just give in. Just give in. You're going to resist Satan. When the moment, remember we want to stop it before it, before it even starts. The moment that thing hits you, the moment that thought hits you, when you, that moment the thought hits you, I'm not loved, I'm not appreciated, nobody likes me. The moment that comes, you say, I'm cutting that off, enemy, because I'm loved by God unconditionally, and I have people around me who love me unconditionally as well. You're a liar. And you, before that ever takes root in your heart, before the temptation comes in for you to look at that thing on the internet, you're saying, I'm going to resist you, Satan. 
Because I'm in a covenant of marriage and I've made a covenant with my eyes, as the psalmist said, to not look upon those things. You're going to cut it off before it ever starts. You're going to resist the enemy. See, James gives us another promise about Satan and our battle. He says, resist the devil. You know what happens? He will flee. That's a promise in scripture. But many of us realize you don't have to sin every chance you get. (laughs) You can actually resist Satan. And some of you today are, are struggling. And can I encourage you? You're struggling. And it's okay. Because you know why? Struggle is proof you've, you, that, that you've not been conquered yet. The very fact that you struggle with this idea of sin and not pleasing God is beautiful. Because that means the Holy Spirit's inside of you. I get word about those who, who don't care about that. The very fact that it bothers you. The very fact that these things right now, because you know what you're facing, bothers you, is beautiful because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And listen, he wants you to resist Satan. He wants to give you the power to do that. Resist him. Cut him off before it even starts. Here's the second thing we're going to do. We're going to resist Satan. And we're also going to confront sin. We're going to confront sin. Many of us call it issues. It's not issues, y'all. It's sin. Right? Let's just be honest. Because Jesus didn't come to save you from your issues. He came to save us from our sins. Right? Because sin is the alternative path. And if we don't recognize this alternative path and, and Satan has a plan for us, we'll just keep giving in to it. And you've got to confront that. So whatever you're facing, whatever that thing is you're facing, get serious about it. Confront it. Because what you refuse to confront will eventually conquer you. I mean, imagine it this way. If I told you, or the doctor told you, you wouldn't believe me. Some of y'all don't believe doctors. But... but uh, But the daughter told you that you had cancer and you only have six months to live, but with aggressive treatment, you can actually beat this. What would you do? Y'all, you'd be getting aggressive treatment the next week as fast as you could. That's why we have to treat the sin in our life aggressively. Find a brother or sister in Christ. Just confess to them. Tell them what you're thinking. Tell them what you're going through. That's why small groups are important. Because you've got to have somebody in your life that you can share with. I have about three or four brothers in Christ, man, that I can just unload on in my life. And tell them what I'm facing. That's the first thing. You, can, you confess to someone and you confess to God. See, when you confess to God, he'll forgive you. But when you confess to someone else, you find healing. Because there's a weight off your shoulders. There's a weight off your shoulders. When you confess to someone else, it is, the Bible even says, confess your faults to one another and you shall be healed emotionally, healed from those things. Confront that sin. Because what you refuse to confront will eventually take you out. Here's the third thing we're going to do. We're going to get spiritual. We're going to quote scripture. This is why this is so important. We're going to quote scripture. That's what Jesus did, didn't he? Jesus literally said, no, 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 Satan, it is written. See, Satan showed him a path and a plan. He showed him what he wanted. And Jesus said, no, time out, time out. It is written. Because you know what God's word is? It is a weapon. It's literally called the sword of the spirit. And many of us, if a gun was put to your head, you couldn't quote one scripture. (laughs) Like literally quote one. You couldn't. And that's how you resist the enemy. Why? Let me show you this. Because the Word of God, the Bible, and if you don't have one, we can give it to you. I gave the first Bible somebody has ever had last week at at Richmond campus. I had the honor of giving them a Bible and showing them where it's at. I remember when I got my first Bible. This is your weapon. And when the enemy comes at you, you can give the enemy God's perspective and what God really says and sees about the situation. 
As we talked about last month, when you, when you feel like, man, the enemy says, oh, no, 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 no. Go ahead and go do that. You say, no, no, no. For, for the, the scriptures say, this is God's perspective. This is God's path. I'm not taking your path, enemy. And many of us don't know that. I would encourage you. Here's what I did early on. I literally took a, a, a like three by five card as far as ever in ministry in those things and I had a scripture on it I wrote down each day you actually used a pen and paper y'all and I put it on there that three by five card was a scripture and, and that day I memorized that scripture I stuck in my back pocket my, my construction clothes the next day I got another three by five card and wrote another scripture by the end of the week I had seven scriptures I was, I was memorizing at once going through every day pulling them out reading them I would file back the first one and start again and guys that's how I learned to memorize scripture it did not naturally come to me. So now when I'm tempted, I'm able to quote scripture and say, no, 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 it's written. It's written. God, God has these desires for me and I refuse to give in to you, enemy. So learn to quote scripture. Learn to use the sword of the word of God to fight against the enemy. And here's the final point, and this is so spiritual. Pray. Pray. I'm prophet obvious, I know. You're like, duh. But many of us don't really pray. I, I, my goals this year, and this is going to sound really weird as a pastor, is to have a meaningful time of prayer daily. Meaningful means that it's meaningful. It's not shotgun in the shower. Bless me, bless him, bless them, amen. Some of y'all know that's not just in the car. But a meaningful time where I want God to show me I've been using an app called Abide. It's a really cool app. It's a prayer app. I want to have a meaningful time with God every day. I want to have a meaningful interaction with Scripture every day because I want God. Listen, I don't want to just pray because that's what pastors do. I want to have the Lord transform my heart. And prayer is so important. Don't wait till you get in the battle to start praying. You've got to learn to pray before you ever get into it. You've got to learn to pray proactively and not reactively. We pray for so many things that are fleeting and earthly. If I carried you through our, our, our prayer request list, it's always somebody's, you know, somebody's got, got, got a condition with this or this with that or their, their stumped toes and all those things. You really see anybody ever pray proactively. And I want to encourage you that if you're struggling with something, you pray and engage the heart of God. Make it in your, in your life, I'm going to have a meaningful interaction with God every day where he shows me, he reveals to me, he opens his word up to me, and I'm going to fight the enemy by allowing God to come in and fight those battles for me. See, we got to start it. Stop it before it even starts, guys. Cut it off before it even starts. And in 2019, you have this fresh, renewed vision. Some of you really want things to be different. That's why you're here today. You've got to stop it before it even starts and say, not today, Satan. I'm choosing the plan that my good father has for me. Not today, Satan, when it comes to that addiction. I'm choosing the plan my good father has for me. Not today, Satan. I know that's easier. I know that's, it makes me feel good. I know that's what I want, but I'm choosing the good plan my father has for me and that's what I want for you when you leave here I want you to use the right strategy by using spiritual weapons against our spiritual enemy Satan will you pray with me this morning God I pray as we kick off this new year that you would empower every person Lord to resist that alternative route and that alternative plan called sin 
Father, you know what we're struggling with. And you're not mad at us. You're not upset with us. You're not casting us aside because we have these issues and because we have sin in our life. God, you want to come in and help us. You want to come in and embrace us. And so I just pray today that if anybody's facing condemnation, that God, you would remove that from their heart if they're a follower of you, Lord. That you would let them know there is no condemnation for what they're facing. Now, Father, I pray also for conviction. That, Lord, your spirit convicts us. The red flags go off inside when we know. God, I pray that we would not try to stifle the voice of the Holy Spirit in our, in our consciences, in our life. But God, this year, we would pay attention. And this year, we would fight the enemy of our souls. We will fight, Lord, for our marriages. We will fight for our children in prayer. We will fight, Lord God, for the plan that you have for us. We will fight against addictions. We will fight against those things. And we will lean into you, God, with everything that we have. I pray for every person in here, Lord. And Father, I just, on their behalf, I pray for you to spiritually encourage them as they leave this place today, Lord. May they be what we call on fire for you, Lord, surrounding themselves with your presence daily, God. And Father, today, as we kick off this new year, I just pray right now that you would open hearts of those who know that it's time to choose your plan. It's time to follow Jesus. Father, there have been people here that have walked away from you and they're coming back to faith today. They've come to church today, God. I pray that you would open their hearts. So right now where we're sitting and right now as we're in a mode of prayer, if you are, want to start a new relationship with God through Jesus and this is your day to do that and you're saying, Kevin, I want to do this today. It's time to come back to, to, to faith. It's time to come back to God or for the first time ever, you want to follow Jesus. If you will, just lift your hand high in the air and say, that's me. The day is my day. I'm not playing anymore. That's me, Kevin. I'm not, I'm not going to embarrass you. That's me, Kevin. That's me. Right where you're at, I want you to pray with me. Right where you're at. And pray this prayer. You say, God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I cannot save myself with my works. So today, I choose to trust Jesus as my Savior. I choose to follow Jesus. I believe that he is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day to save me from my sins. Today, I repent. I turn from my sins. And I give my heart and life to you, God, through Jesus. God, help me in the days to come to resist the temptation to quit and the temptation to give in. God, today I receive the power of the Holy Spirit in my life to live out everything that you have for me, Lord. And it's in Jesus' good name that I pray. Amen. Amen.